live your life, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Yeah, rear naked choke of Cocker Spaniel, bro. You know what I'm saying? Change the neighborhood up. Conspiracy Farm. Go. Check it out. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Conspiracy Farm, and we are joined by a good friend of ours, a very knowledgeable man about, oh, many things going on in the world today. Um, And, of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Jeffrey Wilson, as always, and we're going to welcome, we're going to get right to it and welcome Robert Scott Bell. How are you, sir? Hey, Pat, doing well, and uh, nice to meet Jeffrey as well. Glad to be here. Likewise, likewise. Good to see you, or good to talk to you. I've obviously seen a lot about you, and uh, Pat has obviously spoken very highly about you, and I've kind of been following your work and looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, we had a great time on my show with Pat, and my uh, my producer is a big fan of Pat, so it was like uh, it was a great time uh, to have you on. So I'm glad to be here with you guys, too. Yeah, well, before, if ahead, you don't John. mind, just before we get started, ladies and gentlemen, obviously, you know, the, the Conspiracy Farm is back, and we want to make sure we reach out to you guys, and you guys reach out to us, so please follow us, uh, most likely on Twitter right now, to, uh, conspiracy, at Conspiracy Farm 1, and slide in those DMs, man, hit us up with any questions, comments, feedback that, you know, most likely, if they're compelling, we will read on the air, and we have our store, uh, starting out with some teas, and we're obviously going to grow it up a little bit, tcf-store.com, tcf-store.com, and check us out, guys got our got truth t-shirts that hopefully you guys pick up as we lean into and get ready to kick off our got truth summer tour that uh, more details will be coming to you about that but yeah we got the old school gi joe font we got the old school uh, transformer font i guess uh you know like i said the got truth and as well as the iaoc it's all organized crime t-shirts so check it out tcs tcf-store.com but uh yeah let's go all right so you know for for our listeners you know do, do I call you RSB? Uh, RSB? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm real flexible on that. Uh, Robert Scott Bell, the full name. Some people use it all. I don't know why, but RSB, the shortcut, or Robert, you know, we roll with it. And uh, I just, uh, you know, been at this for so long that uh, people usually kind of go, hey, you, and I'll go, all right, what's up? <laughs> hey. I, I'm used to the Robert Scott Bell, honestly. Um, but, uh, you know, what you know, for our listeners, what have been your main topics? I mean, you're you're well versed in in a lot of everything that's going on in the world today, with all the fronts that we're being being hammered by. Um, but you know, what have you been been your main topics of focus lately uh, that you can educate our listeners about? Well, the, the you know historically, uh, you know, starting in 1999 in broadcast media as a homeopathic doctor was not you know a place where people had ever heard the message of natural medicine or much of it, even though people used it. And so it was kind of an unusual place to point out in time to point out that, Hey man, vaccines might not be the mana from pharmaceutical heaven. You think they are right back in the day, uh, before there were COVID shots and now everybody's questioning vaccines, which is great. Uh, there was also, you know, issues of cancer, uh, the reality that there are many cures for cancer and have been all along and they've been suppressed or denied. Um, that was controversial at a time. Um, the, you know, the fact that I promoted eating organic non GMO foods when, you know, people thought that was only bean sprouts and tofu, which I hate <laughs> <laughs> ah, bean sprouts are okay, but tofu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, the, these ideas that have now become, if not commonplace, not so controversial, although, you know, still the, the, when you get into dietary considerations and discussions, that often is more, uh, uh, via volatile to talk about than politics and religion. Uh, it's funny how people love their diets and think it's the only way to go. But my bottom line, <laughs> start clean and stay clean. That's all I got to say, however you decide to do it. Um, so what's current now, of course, we're still dealing with uh, the COVID, the manifestation of all the COVID jab uh, adverse events. And um, th- there's also the corresponding issues of central bank digital currencies uh, tied into digital identifications. You know, my kids don't have birth certificates or social security numbers because I recognized this back in, you know, before we got married, I didn't even have a marriage license. We didn't ask permission of the government. It's like inviting a vampire into a sacred relationship. Why would you do that? Don't mind them. Right. So all of these things I've been at for a long time, decades, in fact, and people go, whoa, you knew it all the way back then. I I don't think I'm smarter than anybody. I just happen to be open, you know, and praying to God, please help me understand what the hell's going on on this planet because it doesn't make sense to me 
the doctors are poisoning me. I don't have a drug deficiency. What do I do? So it opened me up to the reality that I'm not just being lied about, you know, medicine, for instance, that started this, but about everything that we thought was real, true and accurate. It's all, you know, pharmaceutical fantasy at the very least. And at worst, a, you know, a globalist conspiracy to try and make us all slaves to them. Uh, so I question everything. Uh, it's kind of like George Carlin, but not as funny. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing is, you know, we've talked often about the Trojan horse that was COVID, that Jeff and I were pleading with people not to put their masks on, not to close their businesses, because we knew that the the ultimate goal was to, you know, print our money into oblivion and not only not only cause the economy to fall apart, but, you know, the ultimate goal was to move on to a new monetary system. And that's that's something that, you know, has been very frustrating for us seeing into the future as well. I'm sure it has been for you and just. You know, everybody's just seeing on the surface. Humans, just for some some reason, especially Americans, only see the surface and say, "But, but, but, I don't want to die. I don't want my loved ones to die," and and not realizing what was coming. You know, mm -hmm. as we sit here today, literally real time on the precipice of a potential economic collapse with the failure of these banks, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Biden signing an executive order, floating out the possibility of a a digital dollar, et cetera. So. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, the, the crunch time that others have predicted long before even I knew this stuff. And uh, the the time frame I've never dared predict other than every day we get closer. <laughs> what does that mean? For sure. How long they hold it together? The illusion is strong. It's powerful. And to some degree, if it holds together a little longer, it gives people time that are just coming on board to, to maybe prepare a little bit, right, as opposed to having it in the worst uh, case scenario or uh, the collapse happens instantly and, um, you know, people are starving, hungry in the streets and, you know, the, the, the real zombie apocalypse begins in earnest. Uh, so, uh, you know, these are all concerns I have, but these are subjects that I've been covering for many, many years. Hopefully uh, we can come together and, and, and make it through. I inevitably believe that we will, but there are a lot of casualties along the way, as we've seen with the COVID, uh, uh, you know, paradigm, uh, getting people shot up and uh, thinning the herd, so to speak. Do you, I, I, kind of been sitting back and kind of pondering the last especially week or so where they've moved so quickly on a lot of the actions that you know they've taken where i think it shocked a lot of people into waking up sooner than maybe they would have but what, what are your thoughts on that well i agree i mean you think about when i first started out in radio how how few percentage wise of people were uh, aware at all that vaccines were dangerous and they had no basis in sound good science for protecting you from a disease or or healthy healthy for your immune system and of course that was met with a lot of uh, pushback and and you know conspiracy theory quack whatever they'd call me uh, yet uh, now because of the covid push the rapid push in this way we have a majority of people that at question at least one vaccine, if not now, all of them, including many medical professionals that have woken up and said, my God, they lied to us about the entirety of the vaccine uh, program, not just the COVID jab. I just had uh, Pierre Corey on my show uh, today as we're recording. And, you know, he was he admitted he only woke up because of COVID. He was completely he had drunk the Kool-Aid his entire medical career, his head down. He believed in the institutions and now suddenly sees the corruption everywhere. And uh, he's, he's one of the good guys trying to integrate everything he didn't know and recognizes what he doesn't know. So uh, looking to cooperate in that way. Um, and that still hasn't stopped them from continuously playing radio commercials and TV commercials about get your booster and get your jab. It's so, I mean, it just sure. doubled down on the insanity, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, no, I, he was talking, I was talking to him about his uh, appearance at the Wisconsin State House. He was pissed. He was like, you couldn't believe there was an hour of misinformation and disinformation from the public health officials there in Wisconsin. By the time he came up, he's just like, ready to blow its top, you know, pushing back on all of this. Those that have tried to control the narrative, uh, they're not doing a great job of it, even though they have some mantle of authoritarianism still playing in their favor. Uh, but how many people do you know are actually going to get boosters compared to when this thing started? Oh, no, That's without a, a doubt. Yeah. Well, and even Fauci, you know, apparently the Department of Energy, which I never really realized was a infectious disease researching agency, but they, you know, speculated that uh, the virus came from a lab over there. And, you know, Fauci keeps just like, you know, this is conspiracy. This is bullshit. This is nonsense. I mean, even though that's probably not the most authoritarian agency, the Department of Energy, but the fact yeah. that a government agency is saying it, Fauci's still saying, no, this is still conspiracy nonsense, which yeah. is just, you know, why would I? Why would you need to jail me? What did I do? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, they're they're really running for their their proverbial lives, including Fauci. I mean, he he's he's been insulated his whole career that his perception is he's still untouchable or that it's he's a gas that anybody is allowed to criticize him yeah. or question his role. I mean, because he's never had a genuine threat against him other than he's crying that people are threatening him and his family. But good Lord, can you under, can you understand why people would be doing this? At this oh, point? for sure. But no, that notion of, I mean, we all kind of had that perception of, you know, when this was going down, Bill Gates gets a divorce from his wife under dubious circumstances. So these people that you said, you know, we think are untouchable, none of them are untouchable. Obviously, they publicly executed a president in broad daylight in 1963. They all can be touched. So this notion that, you know, even like like you said, Fauci was around for a very, very long time when they, when they don't need you anymore, just like all the useful idiots on both sides, they will line you up against the wall and figuratively or literally shoot you in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, accountability is something they don't they're not used to. They've been granted some kind of uh, in- invincibility by the, the powers that be, so to speak. And um, now, like every time in history, eventually it collapses and you end up like Ceausescu, you know, after the fall <laughs> exactly. of Romania. Exactly. Uh, so it right. works until it doesn't. Well, you uh, Fauci was on, I believe, CNN and it's been posted all over all over Twitter where. Where he sits there and says, he's so out of touch with with reality, and that he thinks the all the American people are so stupid that they're going to fall for this. When he says, "Well, I mean, obviously, if you know you were a researcher and you went out into the jungles and were looking for new viruses in bats and monkeys, and just somehow were infected by yourself and then brought it back to the lab, and then you know it was released that way, that would be a, a perfectly natural way to you know have a an accidental, you know, that would be perfectly normal and natural. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head thinking on what planet does this guy think he's on? Or, I mean, he's, he feels what he's talking to a bunch of five-year-olds apparently. Yeah. I mean, they have that perception, the self-perception of, um, you know, everybody else is, is well beneath them, whether it be intellectually or otherwise, but, uh, the, uh, Gosh, I mean, the entirety of the viral causation hypothesis is going to crumble as well. I mean, this was clearly an unnatural event. You know, whatever the heck that they did in terms of gain of function and, and altering you know, the interactivity with their own uh, you know, genome, it's not something that viruses uh, normally are able to do like this or what happened here. But so much of this was, you know, magical sorcery and illusion that led to what the real issue, which was the COVID mRNA injection primarily. Uh, everything was set up to do that. They attacked doctors who, you know, were succeeding in treating patients. And uh, that was the only way they could bring this out under EUA because it couldn't be approved over the 10 years or 20 years it would normally take. It would be so obvious it was a disaster. So all of these things are, you know, uh, a confluence of events. And, you know, unfortunately, as much as Trump did some good stuff, uh, you know, he can't be excused when it comes to what he did in, in regards to Operation Warp Speed or much less shutting down initially and believing the lies of the, the so-called scientists and the globalists. Right. That was something that's you know, I almost unforgivable. I wish he would at least acknowledge it, but that's just not his nature. I have a question uh, as far as isolating the virus and tracing it to where it potentially could have come from. Back in yeah. the day when the anthrax attacks happened, we were able to study where it came from and found out, I believe it was Fort Detrick, Maryland. I believe we found out where it actually came from. Can we not do that with this virus to like basically break down the pathology and find out where something like this would have came from? Because it sounded like it definitely was weaponized through gain of function. And it seems to me there's only a few different places that could have came from. Yeah. I mean, there is a money trail going from UNC Chapel Hill to these studies. And then when they said they couldn't do it uh, domestically, they exported it over to Wuhan. But it's not what we call normal, uh, uh, you know, viral proteins or sequences, if you will. And, and yeah, some have claimed that they've definitely isolated the sequence, but there's still controversy there as well that, uh, I don't have a, uh, let's say an answer that I'm comfortable with going, yeah, definitively, this is a virus that naturally occurred. And then they just upregulated or up, you know, gain a function, something about it. Uh, we do know that the, uh, net, the lipid nanoparticles carrying this MRNA, the synthetic MRNA, definitely does alter DNA protein synthesis, which basically means it, 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 happens, it triggers you to develop aberrant proteins that you would never develop. Their holy grail that they say is that then your immune system will react and develop antibodies. But since that entire uh, belief system is false, that is, 
that if you only had the antibody, like their Holy Grail says, you would be protected is nonsense because we know that uh, even having an antibody doesn't necessarily protect you from acquiring or manifesting, you know, these diseases or symptoms. And not having one is not a guarantee that you will get it. There's so much more to the immune system. But that lie was sold again centuries ago with uh, uh, Jenner. And that's when the dawn of the anti-vaccination campaign began uh, with the uh, temple of vaccinia and the cowpox pus that they just shoved under the skin of innocent victims. And they end up getting sepsis and dying or losing limbs. So uh, anti-vaccination campaigns are as old as vaccines themselves. When did this incident happen you're referring to? Well, if you if you read about Jenner and the smallpox vaccine back, this is a couple hundred years now, uh, 18th century, uh, you'll realize that in England that was such a brutal and horrific uh, procedure. You, you could, actually, there's some modern uh, takes on that in Hollywood. They produced some films about, I think, the John Adams miniseries. I don't know if that was on HBO or something. Yeah, you actually yeah. saw some of the historical realities of where they'd cut your skin open with, you know, who knows what the dirty blades, but no sanitation in that, no concept of, 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 uh, what might be on the blades and such. And then they'd shove the pus from the udder of cows under the skin. And many people would lose their limbs because they would you know go septic or they would die. And Jeez. so, uh, the idea that vaccination saved us from smallpox is also a, a, a salacious story that was, you know, selling us on sorcery basically, which is the, the root of word of pharmacia meaning sorcery. Mm. So we've been playing that game, but with more technological advancements to say, or show that, Oh, wait, wait, no, th- now we're really scientific. It's not like way back when, yeah. but countless yeah. millions of people have been injured and killed over the years since the vaccine campaigns began. And much more with Generation uh, uh, Y, which they call the Millennials, because it was after the 1986 Vaccine Injury Compensation Program relieved these companies of all liability should their products injure or kill. Which is just unconscionable. I mean, the fact that you have to pass something like that to indemnify yourself from lawsuits when you know you're that just lets me know that they know they're guilty or, you know, they're doing something wrong. Like, well, you can't sue us. Yeah, they they said they would pull out all the vaccines from the marketplace in the 80s unless they get got because they were being sued because there were so many injuries and deaths. Right, right. They're like, well, we're leaving, and and they convinced Reagan that this would be a disaster. Unfortunately, Reagan also didn't know what I know, what uh, many holistic doctors know that we'll be a lot better off without them. But that was not the sale job in the 20th century. So most everybody believed in the advancements in modern medicine and worshipped it like it was a, you know an infallible church that Jesus was behind. <laughs> It, it was just incredible. You know, this has become a religion, not not, uh, you know, a scientific endeavor that is always to be challenged and questioned because science is ever evolving in terms of what we know. Well, even though the death statistics say, what is it, Patrick? Do you remember like one of the top top five leading causes of death in the United States is allopathic or under doctor's care, whether it's pharmaceutical or I mean, sure. it's, it's next level. Yeah, it's but but number, the, you're right though. It is it, it it is mythologized. It is totally. Well, you have a white coat and a freaking uh, stethoscope on. I have to listen to you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a worshipful relationship, and it's an inappropriate one. It's a false religion, and uh, this is not you know me telling you what to believe or not believe. But in that context, dude, they uh, the third leading cause of death. That's not worthy of any worship. And then we, but we have to look at you know the combinations of big food, big pharma, um, you know, manufacturing, big ag, uh, everybody putting synthetic chemicals on their lawns, golf courses, you know, all these things combined, we know what's killing people. And it's, it's synthetics, it's heavy metals. You know, this, this is the stuff that is the driver of literally all disease uh, for the most part. And in ancient history, I've done a lot of research and in digging into outbreaks of certain diseases, uh, vulnerability to certain bacterias, yeasts, uh, you know, uh, mold, things like that when your immune system is beat up. So for instance, you know, metal work, when they started working with a lot of metal, getting exposed to heavy metals, uh, lead, um, lead exposure, other things like that. In In the heavy versions of it, you know, you would see outbreaks of sickness or vulnerability, you know, to infections and things like that. Yeah. Well, we go back in the history of the Industrial Revolution and, you know, the greatest advancements in, in, in certain endeavors that man was able and capable to do. What we ignored was toxicology and went into, you know, bacteriology or now virology. We would uh, do anything but blame the toxic, toxic poisons that we unleashed on ourselves. And yet we have ways to deal with those metals that are 
technically naturally occurring, although not typically floating around in our air, food, and water as much as they, they were or do now compared to previous times. Uh, we ignored that, and then we saw a disease manifest, and of course, the medical profession, which developed chemotherapeutic agents like antibiotics uh, to kill things in nature and life itself, they blamed what was growing in an altered environment. That is, the terrain became toxic and polluted and deficient, and then suddenly they called these things that grew their pathogens. They caused disease, but they were always there, and they simply manifested or expressed DNA that was in storage to do th something different than it did before, all trying to remediate the, the toxicological burden, the pollution. And, and so we looked at the wrong enemy. We looked at the life itself and all that sustains life, the microbiome, for instance, even arguably a virome that dwarfs the microbiome, that these things are for us, not against us. But when we pollute and, and, and make deficient an environment and balance it, then they alter their DNA and grow something that we call a disease-causing microorganism. And then we put more toxic pollutants to kill them rather than restoring the balance to the terrain and watch them basically go back into their not harmful ways because they're conducive to life, not detrimental to life. Yeah, no, it's, uh, for instance, Mongolia, Mongolia, uh, they're number one in the world per capita for cancer now. And it's all because of gold mining and opening up veins of lead and, and the lead basically polluting all the waterways. And now the Mongolians are all suffering, you know, massive numbers of them anywhere are contracting cancers and it's it's it is the environment i mean they continually say you know hey did your mom or dad have you know cancer or heart disease saying genetics 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 um you know mom and dad obese so you're obese well they didn't happen to think of the common denominator of the same pantry and refrigerator mm -hmm. uh you know they keep they keep talking about genetics instead of you know, the, the issue of the environment, which always makes a plant sick. So why are we any different? Exactly. But that it dissolves the need for uh, toxic petrochemicals, right? The idea that we have a drug deficiency goes out the window at that point when we look at the toxicology and the deficiency, nutrient deficiency uh, profiles. And that's been, you know, a big part of my discovery in this lifetime as I was raised pharmaceutically and medically to go into natural medicine, homeopathy and and then communicate to my fellow Americans uh, the, the, the information I never knew growing up, so no one else seemed to know it. So I thought, man, I'll tell everybody, and they'll love me. <laughs> they didn't love me, but <laughs> now maybe a little bit more love than before, but I didn't do it for that reason. I just really felt like, my gosh, we are going down the wrong ro road, and I had you know, grandparents and aunts and uncles die of cancer uh, in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, or actually I learned later was the treatment for cancer, not the cancer itself. So sure. Exactly. What well, I the grandma, you know, here in Iowa, growing up here in Iowa and having, you know, uh, relatives, grandparents on both sides of the family, farmers, coal miners down in southern Iowa, mm -hmm. you know, Parkinson's just running rampant through farmers, you know, back in the 70s, yeah. things like that because of, of, you know, the the chemicals they were using on their farms and exposure to those. It was, you know, I don't know why people weren't and what it's something that I, I would like to ask. What is it about human beings that will observe a problem arise? Yeah. I'll give you give you an example. When in the nineties when I was teaching children's martial arts and boys were brought to me and they had, you know, this thing called autism all of a sudden. And I sat there and went, Okay, what's causing this? It's not just showing up. There's something that is causing this. And so I started doing research. But it's it's puzzling and it's actually very troubling to me that humans will just look around themselves and observe the massive explosion in obesity and disease and just go, well, I guess we're just getting older. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely maddening. Well, and the idea that kids are getting older than they used to, that's why autism is there or cancer, you know, name the chronic disease. It's like, well, they didn't live that long. And really, this is absurd. But you, your point about, you know, the human, uh, let's say behavior where we fall back into a worship of authority, you know, and this this could be, you know, going back and it used to be, you know, the, the, the religions that controlled government, for instance, said you must be in line or else we, you know, your excommunication might be off with your head. Uh, so we've kind of have it in our DNA that we better follow the rules. And if the authorities say something, we better just go along. And rare is the, you know, person in history. And you, we've read about them that said, you know what? <laughs> We're not the center of the universe, you know, for instance. I mean, you go Copernicus, Galileo, yeah, Ignace exactly. Semper, wash your hands. And these people were 
you know, often uh, persecuted, prosecuted, died penniless or went, you know, insane because it, it upset the status quo at any given time. So we have this investment in what we believe to be reality. Anybody that threatens that reality, uh, even if they're not meaning ill will or any harm is looked at as an enemy. You know, it's like uh, it, if you're not out of the matrix, you're still plugged in or something. Uh, so it's a it's a difficult thing and people don't want to change. They don't want to see reality. They love it because we've come gone lazy on freedom for sure. Uh, they <laughs> be cared for. And, and we've been sold that bill of goods since the progressive era after Civil War that started evolving in America. And we see it now manifested in, you know, full full on socialism, if not communism. And of course, this is the laziest of lazy spiritually, much less economic and politically. When you think a central bureaucracy is going to take care of you any more than a centralized uh, health care system is going to care for you. So you don't have to worry about anything you eat. You don't have to exercise. You just show up at a doctor's office and it'll give you a pill. And of course, you, you know, add to your toxic burden and make it worse. That dependency uh, has been bred for generations, maybe millennia. And, you know, again, it's the rare, you know, individuals in humanity that say, I don't I don't want that. I want to be free. Oh, no, no. But that's too dangerous. You know, like I'd rather in, engage in dangerous freedom than safe uh, slavery. That's, you know, and I'm not the first to say it. Well, and, and the powers that be recognize the power in that kind of self-sufficiency. That's why they, you know, cite people for collecting rainwater or create plants, you know, tomatoes without seeds or any, you know, non-heirloom kind of seeds or, you know, plants and vegetables. Because they recognize that, you know, once people, you know, break out of the matrix, I mean, the real power is in self-sufficiency. You know, as, as Pat and I talk about all the time, you know, more and more people are becoming educated on the toxicity of our food, our air, our water, our even down to our soil. So it's yeah. like even the stuff that's organic. I mean, it's you got we got to change the soil to a large extent. But I think the powers that be, they, they want to keep us obviously a ignorant and keeping up with the Kardashians and dumbed down so we can create that revolving door of eating garbage, jumping into the pharmaceutical lane and just, you know, keep that cycle, that toxic cycle going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the recognition is there and it's not just from people that were oriented toward natural medicine. Now it's everybody's interested in with rare exception and only those that are pretty much paid not to be interested. You know, they exactly. profit. But, uh, we are at a crossroads. We are in, and potentially a Renaissance. I just, uh, participated in the making of a documentary film. We premiered on sat this last Saturday and you guys should be able to go to Utah safe and effective.com or.org. I'm sorry, Utah safe and effective.org and, uh, watch it for free coming up soon. And it, it goes into the injuries of many people uh, that I interviewed as well as, uh, proffer some possible options for the future and remedies that haven't been considered. So at least we can start engaging some of the conversation that hasn't happened. Yeah. And when we, we talk about what we eat, um, staying healthy supplements, you know, the, the organic supplements, the antioxidants, you know, all, all these different things that we know have spent enough time and years researching and, and testing on ourselves. And of course I, you know, seeing the improvements in, in athletic performance in world-class athletes and stuff over the years with, with certain substances, so to speak, but they're not they're nutrients, very nutrient rich, uh, concentrated, uh, supplements and, and of course proper diet. But now we see that the, the FDA through, and I didn't realize this, that they had removed the prerequisite of organic chemistry uh, from a lot of degrees in, in certain areas. Uh, where they're, you know, people that are not even aware that organic metals exist, for instance, right? Bonded with carbon molecules, things like that. Right. But the FDA is looking at uh, 200 plus, um, you know, where they're going to go after aloe vera, alfalfa, anise seed, asparagus, you know, uh, boswellia, cedar, cedarwood oil, colloidal silver, you know, on and on and on, mustard, mustard oil. We see a, a lawsuit against, is it uh, McCormick Spices, where they're saying there's there's too many heavy metals in McCormick Spices. And I have to ask you, you know, we know that metals that are inside of plants have been bonded with carbon and are organic in nature. Sure. But we have these agencies and these different people that have been educated. Uh, for instance, I've talked about it before, a chemist who confronted me. And said there's no such thing as organic forms of metal. And I had to educate him mm. how, how metals become organic. Um, that that we see that this, it's, I hate to say it, but this deliberate dumbing down or or just omitting of certain information so that these people are programmed to just 
nope, it's a heavy metal. We got to go after it, right? It exists. Yeah. Um, and and it's a heavy metal, and we're going to ban your product. Yeah. Well, for a long time, um, and I think even today, when we talk about organic agriculture certified at the federal level, they don't really test for heavy metals. And and many times, if it's coming from China or Asia, some places they they'll often use sewage sludge or other you know, toxic contaminants. So even if they grow it without pesticides, you end up with a heavy metal burden that isn't bound in a sense, and it is a toxicological burden. Uh, and then we have to look at the minerals that help us out of that mess, primarily selenium. Uh, if it's aluminum, then it's primarily silicon or silica and other things in you know the botanical realm and homeopathic realm to help bind and excrete uh, more safely. But you're right, at trace elements, uh, you know it's a, these things do naturally occur in the earth or on the planet, but uh, very often industry brings them out in inordinate amounts and in unusual ways that they don't normally exist. Like aluminum is usually bound to silica in the earth's crust, so it's not harmful. The moment it becomes free aluminum, then we have devastation to the brain and nervous system over time. Uh, mercury, which we know is the most toxic, second most toxic um, substance we know, metal, uh, when they unleashed it in the form of a dental amalgam and called it a silver filling, it was not a safe form of mercury. Not that there is ever, but in nature, there is trace amounts of mercury. Unfortunately, industry, during, since the we talk about the Industrial Revolution, has brought it out in, in quantities and in certain industries like the mining for gold or uh, the felt makers of the Mad Hatter era uh, were exposed to mercury. And we learned a lot about toxicity through uh, homeopaths that reported on these these poisonings and uh, what we could do is reverse that also with the homeopathic forms of those metals in addition to liver and kidney and lymph support so well we've developed techniques to, to counter the rise of exposure to things outside of that normal state if you will that you mentioned uh, and uh, there is an important distinction to be made but man it's hard to make it now with all of the poisons and toxins that are thrown out everywhere and we talk right. about this i'm sorry go ahead Matt. No, I, w I was just going to say, you know, when we talk about arsenic, you know, they'll, if you just type in arsenic, it'll talk about it causes cancer, it causes this, this yeah. and that. Um, but we know that there are forms of arsenic bonded with carbon that have proven in many, many, I don't even know how many hundreds of, of research uh, studies have been done on its ability to just, just destroy certain types of cancer. Yeah. Yeah, no, arsenic is a great remedy in homeopathy. It, it can help with uh, the adrenal glands. It also can help with, uh, uh, you know, exposure to things like lead arsenate, different forms of arsenic that they were adding to, you know, the wood on the playground, for instance, to preserve it. Uh, mm -hmm. But yes, and the form is important. Uh, the quantity is important. All of these things matter. You know, isn't talk isn't uh, arsenic in apple seeds? Yeah, I mean, you, you get into... Well, you talk about you, small doses. It's not apricots. Like it's, yeah, apricots. I mean, they're actually in a form that actually can target and kill cancer. So, yeah. Well, when you talk about toxicity, I mean, we, I, we mention this all the time because it was like something I heard that was just blew my mind. We talk, start talking about how inundated we are with toxins. We're born toxic. We 200 plus toxic mm -hmm. chemicals and metals in our umbilical cord when we're born. So it's just like obviously we have to make choices we get older you know to ingest the best stuff but it's like not not to say it's a whatever it's we're born really poisoned yeah <laughs> literally yeah. poisoned we're starting out in an unusual place uh compared to his historically speaking but um the um the movie the documentary film secret ingredients i don't know if you guys saw that by uh, jeffrey smith and amy hart a uh, 90 minute movie uh, follows along families kids parents and grandparents who've had various ailments, diagnoses, including two of the kids were labeled with autism diagnoses. And uh, they followed along a prescription of a dietary shift. That was it. Nothing, no drugs, nothing else. The dietary shift, they said, we're going to switch everyone in this that we're recording here uh, to go to an organic non-GMO diet. And over the course of the 90-minute film, you see they're monitored all the way through. Two of the kids lost their autism di uh, diagnosis just from eating cleaner food. I mean, not even addressing you know, an aggressive type of detox protocol. And some of the parents, some of the grandparents, a lot of, they all got better in a short period of time simply by stopping the excessive burden. Even as we know, organic food is not as clean as it once was, but it's significantly better. And that's why I've raised my kids that way. That's why I've eaten that way for, you know, over 30 years and why I'm able to do at 57 what I couldn't do in my, you know, mid to late 20s. It's hmm. amazing. So the, the, the document, uh, documentary that comes to mind for me that's one of the most troubling that everybody should watch is tapped talking about our water and what's in it. And it's so systemic that Flint, Michigan is just a drop in the bucket compared <laughs> figuratively and literally uh, yeah. compared to what's going on nationwide. 
Yeah, and we could send $50 billion to the Ukraine to get lost, and then they can't fix the water in Flint and elsewhere. Uh, where there's a load of lead and other things in there. And we, you know, we have the filtration technology, even if we don't change out the pipes to filter out those heavy metals and, and the excess of uh, organophosphate, pesticides, all of that, uh, yet, and glyphosate, yet uh, nothing's done because the investment in real environmentalism is not there. It's only phony environmentalism claiming that we have a global warming or climate change that we must, uh, you know, eliminate. X percentage of the people on planet Earth and the people proclaiming we must do that never volunteer for that. Spot on. Yeah, when you talk about the the climate change, the global warming, the droughts, you know, all the stuff that's starting to happen right now, it's always happened to you know in different different parts of the world, but in in America right now, it's it's an explosion and something that I started to make a uh, started to observe a long time ago, over a couple decades ago, of the stripping of black soil off of because I live here in Iowa, so certainly the soil. Yeah. was very rich in nutrients and, you know, the breadbasket of America, so to speak. So, but, uh, you know, when they're going to build a subdivision, they will literally scrape all the living micro, um, organism, rich soil off of the top, leave it bare clay, put down a couple inches of, of black soil back down, put mm-hmm. sod down in parking lots and buildings and houses or whatever. And so that, that soil no longer holds water and they build a few, you know, what they call retention ponds to, to hold the water that they say, you know, roof, the roofs, um, have taken up the space for the soil now, instead of no, all the soil is dead and it won't hold, hold water anymore. Uh, and then that water all runs off in streams and rivers away from the region completely. You don't have the proper evaporation rates. And now we're running into these issues everywhere. And this has been going on for yeah. You know, almost 30 years in the entire Midwest and, and a big, big chunk of the country. And it's we're, we're literally we're we're murdering the we're murdering the planet by doing things like this. Yeah. We don't need aliens to come and terraform us. We're doing it to ourselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, we're trying to figure this thing out. God, it's all about, you know, weather modification, harp and, and chemtrails. Well, you know, those things are, are all unfortunately real as well. But, dude, what are we doing on the ground? And uh, how many people are actually growing food? A lot more than they used to be. But uh, a lot of people, because of the price of eggs, they're like, well, we better get some chickens. But this is a message of self-sustainability. And and not the use of the word sustainability like the you know WHO or the UN. Yeah, uh, Agenda 21 type stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's code word for communism, inequity, and all of that. It doesn't mean what you think it means. But really, self-sustainability means you are independent, you can care for yourself, and only then can you provide real charity for those in need. Uh, if you're dependent on these same people and sources, how are you going to provide charity when you're dependent as well? So these are concepts, I think, that we must be a little bit more selfish in order to become selfless in a way that would help others because we can't rely on a government to do it. Every time they've been invested in helping us, they end up taking more than they give, and that which they give is usually only to their friends. <laughs> yes. And, rich, and we end yeah. up with lead pipes that never get fixed, so... You know, when, when when I listen to experts like yourself, Robert Scott Bell, I have to tell you, you know, I suddenly I have this vision of the old movie Clockwork Orange where they went on the, the criminal rampage for, you know, however long they did. And, and then they eventually had to deprogram them and, and strap them down to chairs and, and pin their eyelids open and force them to watch, right. force them to watch movies. I feel like I want to do that to all these people that absolutely deny what's going on around them. And and force them to listen and watch, and you know, t- to people like yourself, to just get this through their thick heads yeah. to stop assisting, um, you know, those those who are the predator class, so to speak, and in doing what they're doing, uh, you know, to to stop going along with this stuff. Well, you're right. The pre- the predators are only able to be uh, predators because of the prey continues to be the prey. We continue uh, to I, participate. Absolutely. That- and, and so, you know, as much as uh, we, we could say the predators are the bad guys and we could argue that they are taking advantage of the prey, the prey are really facilitating and feeding it. So, yeah, you're right. And the, 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 the uh, analogy of the matrix is, is real. People are so plugged in that they don't want to see that reality, that they are the batteries and the copper tops for this continued we, You're just fueling the machine without yeah. a doubt, man. And, yeah. the ones that, and the ones that do see it, like the medical doctors who continue to – just play the game, right? Yep. So I had a friend say, hey, bro, just play the game. Just play the game. And I had another person, uh, an, an attorney friend, go, you know, maybe maybe you shouldn't take the lead on, you know, this sort of thing. And I'm, I'm looking at him going, do you have children? Do you, do you even care? 
you know, because everybody talks a good game and says, I die for my children. You know, if somebody kicked your front door in, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys out there we know now that would absolutely grab their five-year-old and put them in front of them. Yeah. We know that (laughs) because they're absolutely doing it. And it's, it's pathetic. It's disgusting. We've seen it with the guys that, you know, the basketball games or hockey or whatever, uh, baseball games where a foul ball's hit and the father literally ducks behind the kid. Wow. (laughs) And then you've got the other, the other dads that are reaching out and catching, you know, uh, a foul ball that's going, you know, 150 miles an hour with his bare hand to save a kid's face. Right. You know, we're not the same. We are, there's, we are absolutely not the same. Yeah, the you know we've been feminists, of course. You, you mentioned this, Robert, a few moments ago, and we've talked about this too. I was like, we, we've gotten too comfortable, we've gotten too soft to to what deve- envelops or develops into what Pat, you know, you're talking about. You you always have your you know your stand up guys who are willing to protect their kids, but there's all too many, like you said, who are willing to use their their child as cannon fodder, if you will. But something you just brought up a minute ago. Um, you're talking about there's there's more off grid or you know more kind of self sufficiency more off grid stuff. I think that's because as a byproduct of people becoming a little bit more educated to the larger toxicity of of kind of the system. You're seeing more YouTube channels where I mean there's so many people off grid living in a converted bus or a tiny mm-hmm. house to some degree. And uh, yeah, I, I just think I think that's becoming more ubiquitous because I think people are becoming more educated on just the larger ills of the world. What's your thoughts? Well, we suffer enough to wake up, you know, made uncomfortable enough to make the move into a place of uh, unknown, and maybe we're a little afraid of it. And we get comfortable in, in our enslaved state. Right? We've been softened. We've been weakened, and, and by design, I believe. But the the idea of taking the leap and and going back to that independent spirit that I yeah. think is maybe I say uniquely American, certainly in recorded history, on, under a, a government that would not be designed to establish tyranny, although we've fallen into that. But at least initially, our founders understood the history of government, that you, you just didn't want those forms where we would be denied the freedom that we all felt and in our ancestry, they felt uh, we were ready to, to take on. Uh, but yes, we've been softened over many decades, generations now uh, to this point, yet the suffering itself is what led me to open my eyes and ears and heart to uh, another way. If I hadn't suffered with all the ailments I had uh, from zero to age, well, 19 when I made the decision to go a different route, but it took me till 24 to figure what that was, uh, I, I might not have made the decision. Now, my suffering was uniquely my own. I don't say it was worse or better than anybody's, but there are people that suffer, I would say, 10 times worse than me that are still going to the doctor to get more drugs. And oh, they obviously sure. haven't suffered enough or, or haven't looked and said, you know what, I, I, I got to change something here because this ain't working. But they maintain that, uh, you know, in this case, medical slave state or status. I just was not built that way. I, I credit my mom in, in a, lot of, a lot of ways. She, she had quite a, has quite a life. At 89, she's still going. But uh, my gosh, she just loved freedom. And it so goes it, back to that matrix metaphor. Some people are comfortable with the blue pill, just staying, you know, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. At this no. stage of the game. And, and again, it's one of those things, you know, as they erode our fighting spirit, it's not necessarily something that happens overnight. Like, you know, yep. Yuri Bezmanov talks about ideological subversion. It literally is that boiling frog kind mm-hmm. of scenario to the point where I, I know people probably get tired of me saying it, but like Aldous Huxley talking about what you just mentioned, there's going to become a time we're going to enjoy our enslavement. We're going to beg for it. We're going to ask for it. And this is like Pat's, we always talk about this disconnect from whatever generation you want to say who was who was paternalistic not even necessarily paternalist but just protective of your family and protective of your rights till now where it's just like we're soft as freaking cake and it's like yeah. we have no problem with it and Jeff, people people Jeff, like us I, who have these conversations we're the weirdos we're the i i have to continually um talk to jeff about this mm-hmm. this we stuff um, <laughs> Society, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like society in general. What's this we shit we keep hearing about? What is that? Yeah, that's what the, my my saying is. What's the, what's this we shit, what's this we stuff? You got a turd in your pocket? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it's amazing to witness this, and and we are waking. You know, I can't say I always saw it. Uh, maybe I had sense of it, but to then to to begin to live it, and I've still got a ways to go. I, I'm not a frontiersman yet. In this lifetime, I was raised a city slicker, and you know, each year <laughs> at doing things I never knew to do, including you know, growing our own food and uh, becoming more independent to be able to provide for the help that people need or will need more desperately as we move forward and see the disaster that's ensuing. Uh, but you're right; there are many people that would m- 
are much more comfortable being in it, even in, even though they would say, I complain, I don't like it, but yeah. I, I don't want to ch- have to change what I eat. And it's that kind of mass Stockholm syndrome like mm-hmm. we talk about. It's Yeah, they don't really want to do anything about it. I know our time is limited with you because I know you said you had something else going on. Something I really wanted to ask you about, and you know, yeah. it's it's kind of been out there, and it's about cholesterol, right? So yeah. cholesterol has been so demonized, and there's like flip of the science. It's horrible for you. It's, it's good for you. But yeah. not only just the role of cholesterol and kind of the myth of that that, narr- that false narrative of how terrible it is for you, but when we start going back to the pharmaceutical companies and me, the larger eugenics uh, role of this, when you start talking about statin drug, obviously when you talk about the role of cholesterol, obviously it'll kind of answer this next question about statin drugs and how crucial statin drugs is to um, I mean, just cholesterol, how crucial it is to like the neuropathway and cognition and how statin drugs can oftentimes create the onset of Alzheimer's as it yeah. erodes cholesterol. I hope that wasn't too much and I phrased that right. Oh, yeah, you did. I mean, I call statin drugs the gateway drugs to neurodegenerative diseases, including Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, you name it, because uh, demyelinating the, the fat cholesterol that's essential for brain health, nervous system health, neural uh, you know, uh, insulation, if you will. And when you say and, myelin, that was, a, that was a phrase from old school anatomy and physiology, the myelin sheath, which is made up of swan cells, which is essentially cholesterol. Yeah, exactly. So we have this idea of reducing cholesterol as if it was going to save us from heart disease, which is not true because it's pretty much spread equally. Uh, people with high cholesterol or low cholesterol have an equal number of heart attacks. So, you, you know, it's a complete fallacy to say cholesterol is the issue. Uh, I, I argue cholesterol is a life-saving uh, mechanism of repair or at least the intent to repair that allows you to live long enough to have a heart attack. Uh, but that's <laughs> that's not looked at that way. Although I just brought that up with Dr. Pierre Corey on my show earlier today. Uh, back in the 90s, when I was reading the peer-reviewed medical literature, I was sitting next to a, a, a cardiologist, uh, you know, in between flights, going, you know, connecting flights. And I, I said, hey, uh, you're a cardiologist. I see you know, all your doctor papers here. You're going to a conference. Yeah, yeah. Say, hey, what do you think about this cholesterol thing? I've been reading the literature, and, and it, sh- it shows that cholesterol really isn't the cause of any of it. And just as I said to you, and you looked at me real strangely, I was like, what are you, who are you? How do you know this? I said, like, I read the peer-reviewed medical literature. Are you a doctor? I'm a homeopath. Oh, boy, his face really got bad then. <laughs> <laughs> is is there any distinction that they talk about as far as HDL and LDL? I mean, is there, is there good or bad cholesterols that relates to any of this conversation? It, it's you know, it's too easy to fall into the trap of good and bad. Cholesterol is is, is all good. I uh, I believe it has a purpose, and of course, they say LDL is bad because that's what they find evidence of of you know uh, glomming onto your arterial wall. But that only happens when there's inflammation and damage due to heavy metals. Uh, glyphosate, pesticide exposure, nutrient deficiencies, selenium, copper deficiencies, all of these things that create or result in inflammation that's ongoing. And then the, the God bless the cholesterol to come in and patch the damage so we don't bleed out internally with no warning and just die. So and ultimately, like, as you contend, that's the role of like a cholesterol coming into the ulterior walls to, to help. You well, know. yeah, if there's inflammation and injury and you don't know it, it it's going to silently do that. You're not going to have many symptoms until you one day, maybe decades later, have a heart attack. But it isn't because cholesterol did it. It's because it calcified and you didn't know all the food you were eating and the habits you were doing and all of that were resulting in inflammation without yeah. symptoms. So uh, the idea of a statin drug is one of the stupidest things ever. And, uh, you know, I, I call it the stupid doctor and stupid people drug. And no offense to anybody that's on a statin, but there's no reason to be on it. In fact, as I said, uh, high cholesterol uh, is, you know, it doesn't indicate you're going to have a heart attack any more than low cholesterol does. It's it's a non-starter for me. Although high cholesterol could indicate you're going to live longer with full cognition in old, in older years. So I'd rather have higher cholesterol. It just really blew my mind when I heard. I don't even remember when I heard. It's been years now, but that correlation between statin drugs and mm-hmm. the onset of cognitive disorder. Because I always remembered from old school anatomy and physiology, basically our our axons and dendrites, particularly our axons, are covered by these myelin sheaths, which is essentially cholesterol. So when you start talking about reducing cholesterol, you start reducing the insulation of these neural pathways, which again creates that onset of these neurological disorders. Mind blowing. But again, it's these freaking pharmaceutical companies that are out there trying to save the world, but are actually killing a lot of people well they told us fat was bad in the 20th century so they switched us to motor oil i mean margarine (laughs) you know (laughs) like that's gonna be good and it created all of this damage and inflammation of the vascular system along with the refined sugars and then they get to blame fat and it was you know sugar played a role there as well so uh the demineralization of the food supply right the selenium and the copper that protects us but who eats liver to get their copper anymore 
So we're all right. copper deficient because we've been overdosing on zinc and vitamin C during COVID. And they don't realize the relationship between these minerals and disease. And then they blame the thing that saves your life. I, I you know, I just yeah. lose patience with these doctors because they're just dumb. Uh, I'm sorry. But it's like, well, it's, it's, it's like the mineral rich salts, right? The, the pink salts, the Himalayan pink salts, things like that. We, you know, when we've heard for years that, blo- uh, you know, salt ca- causes high blood pressure. Yeah. And, you know, I started observing, I think it was seven, eight years ago, especially, I mean, but, you know, I would put long before that, before I started doing ultra running with some of my friends yeah. is that salt would literally revive you in, in a short, short amount of time with fluids and, you know, on watermelon things like that. And I watched, you know, guys who had gotten 50 miles through into a, a high altitude, you know, the Leadville 100 and have made it to mile 50, had gone over Hope Pass at 13,400 feet, whatever it is, wow. and back down the other side. And they're done. They're, they're smoked. They don't even know their name. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got caloric uh, uh, deficits, uh, dehydrated, uh, even altitude sickness all at the same time. And we start pounding watermelon with salt into them and, and other electrolytes. Yeah. And these guys, after then going back over the mountain, 10 miles back into twin lakes, come running in and they're brand new and they sit down and you look at them and go, you're back. Like it's you. And they look at you and they're like, yeah, I feel awesome. This is amazing. (laughs) You know? So it's just these lies that have been just perpetuated on and on and on. And on so many fronts, it's incredible. Yeah, I remember the, uh, the Jim Fix. Uh, remember that old marathon? Yeah, he died of a heart attack. Heart attack. You're like, what the heck? He was in such good shape. This is long before I knew what I know today. And it relates to what you said, Pat, uh, the mineral depletion you know, of extreme sports. It's one thing to, to be fit and to do those things. But if you don't know what to do to replace those minerals, those electrolytes, you're going to end up in a disastrous situation, even as fit as you think you are. Yeah. Wow. And that's the, the lady that died from the water guzzling contest. She depleted the yep. nutrients and the minerals in her system and the electrolytes and wow. thus organ failure and died. Right. The electrical body that we have body electric by Dr. Robert Becker. Great book. If you into the science of this stuff, I would uh, so that. there's so much more to talk about guys. And I don't want to stop because I love what you're doing. And no, I love I it. Well, you're so, always welcome back, brother. Shout out a little bit real, uh, before you head out where we can find you and what's the best place links, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, just robertscottbell.com. That's where we broadcast from uh, two hours a day, six days a week. Uh, we're banned on a few places, but we're on a lot of places. And, and on the listen page, you can see it. There's a live chat room as well. And you guys can sign up for the newsletter. If you don't mind, you can text RSB to 22828. So the number 22828, send RSB, my initials, and you'll get plugged into that as well. And uh, we have a good time on the show. And, and Pat, it was great having you on. As I said, we you're always welcome as well. And nice to meet you, Jeff, as well. And uh, we've got a lot more to do. It's good to talk to you, man. We obviously are on the same wavelength with almost everything you said. So, I mean, it's, like I said, I'm familiar with what you do, but I'm, I'm anxious to kind of delve down the rabbit hole and get, get to know you a little bit more. And, I, again, thank you for your time. Patrick, any final words? No, thank you very much, Robert. Appreciate you. You got it, and I hope to see you at an event one day, whether it be over where you guys are or somewhere else, because it's fun to get together with people that know and see what you see. We have a great time. Without yes, a shadow sir. of a doubt. Each one, teach one. Follow us, Conspiracy Farm, one time on Twitter. Check out the store and support us and support the Got Truth Tour. We will be kicking off tcf-store.com. Peace and so much love, you guys. Thank you so much for your time. There will always be more. <laughs>